Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The joy of being in this episode, Eckhart talks to a live audience about discovering the joy of being. He says, in any given moment, we have the chance to remain open to life, align with what is, and experience a natural sense of peace and aliveness. Eckhart helps us release past conditioning to experience ourselves and our lives with a fresh perspective and sense of vibrancy and delight. The joy of being. My suggestion is that you don't actually try to find or look for the joy of being. Right now, let's just, let's forget about the joy and just focus on the being. Otherwise, will you be looking for happiness? And if you're looking for happiness, it's unlikely that you'll find it. And if you're looking for joy, equally unlikely. Because looking for it implies it's not here, or you believe it's not here. So being, that's a strange thing, could be, to some people it's a very abstract term, like something you would read in existentialist philosophy or in some incomprehensible works by Jean-Paul Sartre or Heidegger. But being is actually very easy to realize and humans don't know, most of them, how easy it is or even that it exists. If I had to write a philosophical work, I won't, but I would probably call it uh, maybe it exists already, I don't know, but I would probably call it being and existence, or existence and being, not sure which. Being and existence. Existence is whatever you perceive with your senses, and also whatever arises in your outer or inner perception. Outer perception would involve the senses. So you have all this beauty here. And if you are listening to this and you're not here because this is being streamed, I forgot to say hello to you. Even if you're sitting in a, well, we are in a room here, the landscape outside your place may not be spectacular. That doesn't matter. Existence is whatever you perceive with your senses, 
seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, touching. And also whatever arises in your mind, a thought exists for a while until it doesn't exist. An emotion exists for a while until it no longer exists and then it exists again. The physical body exists for a while until it pops like a soap bubble and ceases to exist. All the bodies in this room are destined sooner or later to pop like soap bubbles and one day you're here and the next day there's just an you're gone. Everybody's just waiting to pop. <laughs> That's existence. The body exists. Whatever you perceive exists. Thoughts exist. Emotions exist. Ex, the exist comes from Latin. And so ex means out. Whatever stands out, which means whatever is manifested. To stand ex exist, stand out, so it manifests. And ultimately, of course, even all those things that you perceive with your senses, you perceive them in the inner space of your mind, so they all manifest in your mind. Even your body, you look at it, you touch it, and you have certain relationship with it, good or bad, all that manifests in your mind as thought or in your mental emotional field as an emotion and thought. Look at my great body or I'm so unhappy with my body. Those thoughts exist. Existence, that's existence. To most people, their life consists of existence. That's the dimension one could say there's the so-called external dimension, that things exist there, and then there's the inner dimension, that things exist as thought and emotions, feelings. Ultimately, it's all inner. Of course, in miracles, there's, there's nothing outside of you. I have to think about that. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And then there's another dimension to life that to most humans doesn't exist. Well, in fact, that dimension doesn't exist, but not most humans are completely unaware of that dimension, and that is being. Being does not 
stand out, does not exist. Now, being is a noun. Let's talk about rudimentary English grammar for a minute. Being is a noun, the being. The verb is to be. It's an irregular verb, which means the first person singular of to be, for some strange reason, is not I be. Although in German, you still have that form. Ich bin is related to the be of being, which means I am. But in English, for some reason, it switched to I am. I don't know what am is. It's a strange sound, am. <laughs> but it refers to being. So, to become aware of being, you become aware of I am, because that's being. Now, when we say become aware right now, here and now, that you exist, that's not quite correct, because, yes, of course, you can become aware that you exist, in which case you would become aware of your physical body, you would become aware of your thoughts, you become aware of your personal history, your historical person, you exist as an historical person in the realm of the mind, and then that means you become aware of yourself as existing. But now we want something else. We are looking for the I am that does not exist, that, that is. Is is the third person singular of that strange to be changes with each one. And the second person is you are. It's weird. It's all the same thing, the same verb. To be, am, is, are. Strange. So is it possible to go deeper and instead of becoming aware of yourself as existing here as of what I sometimes call a form identity, physical and mental form identity. There's a physical form to who you are, the body, and there's a mental form to who you are, which is the mental image that you have of yourself that consists of conditioning from your so-called past. So there's certain mental accumulations, thought movements, narratives, that you think about, repeat in your mind, compulsively for many people, think about compulsively about me and my life. And it's very problematic, of course. That's why I have to think a bit more about me and my life, because perhaps if I think enough about me and my life, perhaps at some point I will be able to solve the riddle and the problem of me. Give me just a few more years and another thousand sleepless nights and perhaps if I really think I can solve this problem and arrive at a place where I no longer regard myself or no longer derive my sense of identity from this problematic image and when I no longer consider myself a problem that needs to be solved unconsciously, never at ease, always a slight sense of lack in the background and sometimes in the foreground, discontent in the background, always a sense of 
not having arrived yet, except for brief moments that always turn out to be illusory. No, oh, I have arrived, I've made it. A little bit later, oh no, that wasn't it. <laughs> so you cannot solve the problem of you by thinking, although there may be certain practical problems in your life that can be solved by applying focused thought, of course. So instead of becoming aware that you exist as a physical, visible form and as an invisible entity that is made up of mind and emotion, and that's a greater part of you is just that invisible entity made up of mind and emotion, can you become aware of a deeper dimension, not by becoming aware that you exist, but by becoming aware that you are, and it's not just playing with words. You become aware not that I am such and such a person, such and such an age, such and such a gender, and so on, but go a little deeper and become aware that you are the pure beingness of you, without the addition of thought, I am. And that is another way of putting it, is to say that you become aware that you are conscious. Prior to any content that may arise in consciousness, and that content would be sensory perception, thoughts and emotions. Prior to any content that arises in consciousness, you're aware of that which is prior to and underlies all content that may arise and then disappear and then something else arises and disappears. Prior to that, the very foundation, the very space, perhaps a good word to use, the space within which all that exists, exists, is the space of consciousness. It arises in consciousness. And that's you. What I'm talking about now, you cannot understand conceptually. Even if you have three PhDs and a genius level IQ, in fact, might even be less likely that you'll understand. You cannot understand this conceptually. You can only understand it at a different level. It's a different level of knowing, not conceptual. You have to abandon, to realize the I am, the beingness of you, the consciousness that you are, you need to be prepared temporarily to let go of all knowing, conceptual knowing, knowing through thought, through memory, through analysis, labeling, judgments, opinions. And then, of course, what happens is you become suddenly very still. In that stillness, you're not moving towards sleep unless you're suffering, and some of you, I'm sure, are from severe jet lag right now. So anybody who's somebody close to you is falling asleep, it does not mean that they are too unconscious to stay awake here. It probably means they're suffering from severe jet lag. 
So you can't understand it through thinking about it, and the very thinking is the obstacle. The entire essence of our retreat, spiritual awakening, is this. I'm telling you now in case you want to leave early. <laughs> then at least you haven't wasted your time. You go away with the secret of the universe. <laughs> the entire essence of the retreat is this. For some of you, realize that the possibility exists and is not all that difficult of accessing that state of consciousness that is the I am, that is the unconditioned consciousness, that is pure awareness or presence. And for many of you, it already is operating in your life, perhaps not all the time. Perhaps you still occasionally got, get drawn into complete identification with the mind. And so then it becomes a deepening here. And there may be some of you who are still puzzled right now and thinking, I don't understand. And I can only say, neither do I. But that is the most vital thing in your entire existence here, which is a relatively short one, even, to, even if, you, if you live to a hundred, is to awaken to that. And it's not just you who is awakening, it's the, the universe is awakening through you. Universal consciousness is awakening to that. And so there are two modalities or two dimensions. You exist as a person, with your history, your past and your future, which all exist as thought, with your kind of identity, that is the identity of the historical person, that's a relatively fragile identity, and then you are. The surface is, you, you, you exist here as a person, there's no doubt about that, and that I call sometimes the, the surface I, the pronoun I. When you use the word I, and it's a word that's very used very frequently in the English language, perhaps it's the word that is most, used most frequently. I, I, I. Usually it refers to the surface self, the historical person. In other languages, I is used a little less frequently because in many Latin-based languages it's built into the ending of the verb. You don't always have to say I in Spanish, for example. But you're still identified with the surface I. And then there's the deep I. And that is the most vital realization in your lifetime, is to realize that in addition to being a historical person and having this surface eye, and more fundamentally, you are the deep eye that frees you from looking to the surface eye for your ultimate sense of identity and never finding it and always being frustrated and always feeling 
there's something not right, there's something missing. And so how do you realize it? In the gap between two thoughts, for example now, in which the historical person of the surface eye momentarily subsides and disappears. And what's left of you is not anything that you could talk about or even understand. All you know is there is a, there's an underlying sense of presence or beingness. It's still, but it's alive. There's an alertness to it. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And that, then, you become aware of that dimension, but of course that dimension is awareness, so it's not totally correct to say that you become aware of that dimension. You become aware of awareness, you become aware that you are aware, that's what it is. More and more in your life, your ordinary day-to-day life, you actually invite these moments of presence in, so that you don't spend the whole day and every day in the stream of mind that drags you along. And so there's always that pull. Now I need to think about this. Now I need to deal with this. And there's no gap. Never a gap. Except when you begin to fall asleep. Then you have a gap. You're moving. You're falling below thought. That's liberating, kind of. And then you lose consciousness. Consciousness withdraws. So you begin to realize your essence identity. Brief moments at first, where you become present, which means thinking subsides, but you have not, you're not moving towards sleep. You're alert. You just are. I am. And then you realize that when this arises in your daily life, you begin to realize that what is called intelligence has also exists in two dimensions. One is the intelligence of the thinking mind. This is the kind of thing that perhaps they measure with you know, IQ tests. But even that, even even the intelligence of the thinking mind, IQ tests are only even a short aspect or fragment of that. That's the intelligence, the analytical intelligence, memory, being able to analyze, to to think, accumulated knowledge, education, 
So that is one type of intelligence, and to the world, that the unawakened world, that's all there is to intelligence. What's your IQ that determines everything? I don't know what my IQ is. I think it's low. <laughs> because whenever I look at an IQ test, I think, what is this? <laughs> and after a minute or two, I, I lose interest. Why do I have to solve this puzzle? Now, what's not realized is that is a, a intelligence, yes, it operates, but it's relatively limited, and it's not even creative. It can only memorize and analyze. And then there's another type of intelligence that is connected with the deep eye, and that is non-conceptual intelligence. So there are two ways of knowing anything in this world. One is through conceptualization, judgments of the mind, and one is through pure awareness. But the second type, which is the deeper, which is also the dimension where creativity arises, in order to be able to think, to have any creative thoughts, anything new, no matter what it is, anything that's new, you need to have at least a little bit of access to the, the deeper level of non-conceptual. For example, um, two seconds of no thought. There are people who are creative who don't even know that this is how it happens. Two seconds of no thought, and out of these two seconds of no thought, this creative new thought arises. And then they, for example, it could be even a simple thing like a stand-up comedian. If he hasn't some of the things they prepare, but they also interact with the audience sometimes, and then they suddenly something creative, they say creative. Any joke that you make, if it comes to you, suddenly it's a, it comes from, unless it's a stupid joke, <laughs> uh, it comes from some deeper place. Uh, any, anything you say that is, any, if you write a poem or whatever it is, a new way of putting words together, that nobody has done before, a new way of looking at something, or suddenly all that comes from a moment of connectedness with, and then it disappears again. But here we want more than that. Our task is to be rooted in that dimension so that, and this is so important, the fact that you become more creative is a secondary thing. It's an adding on. But more important is that as you're rooted in that deeper dimension of being, more and more you, you realize that your essential identity is not the historical person. So you no longer derive your sense of who you are from your personal history. Victories, defeats, successes, failures, dreadful mistakes, wonderful things that you achieved and then they passed, relationships that worked and then didn't work, mistakes made, wonderful things happened and now they're gone. That's what most people derive their sense of identity from. It's just the me, the person. That's, and that's what they defend. They, they're always careful. You have to defend that mental self, that mind-made self, not only defend it, you have to look for things to strengthen it. What can I add to, the, to me, to the image of who I am? It could be a simple thing like a possession. 
if I buy this, as all the advertisers, the people who want to sell things, most of them work with your sense of identity. They promise a gain, an enhancement of your sense of identity by buying this particular product. Well, not all products, but, but many. So in a subtle way, they imply, even just simply putting good-looking people, they're using the product. So they are not telling you that if you buy this product unconsciously, you will believe that you are somehow also associated with these good-looking people, <laughs> and you become one of them. You can be one of these great, these wonderful-looking people. They're using the products. I'm going to use it too. And but then you buy it. I remember it when I was in my early 20s. I was still smoking. And I always carefully looked out what brand am I going to buy that, well, it, I didn't consciously verbalize it in that way. That I want a brand that enhances my sense of self. And so I looked out for the best one and I looked at the ads. <laughs> and then for a while I chose, I don't know if it still exists, I stopped smoking a long, long, long time ago. I chose for my favorite brand became, I tried others. For masculine image, I tried Lucky Strike. <laughs> but, but they made me feel sick. <laughs> and then some other brands, and finally I hit on Benson and Hedges. <laughs> and it comes in a gold, the packet it comes in looks like a gold bar. So you buy it, you take off the cellophane, makes a sound, and then you pull it out, and you light it. <laughs> you are smoking Benson and Hedges. <laughs> and for a while that fed the ego, until it didn't anymore, and then looked for something else. Then for a while I became an intellectual. I added knowledge to myself. I could then be more knowledgeable than somebody else. So much better than, than the, having Benson and Hedges. I can show you that I, I'm actually highly knowledgeable. Just ask me. So you identify with all kinds of things. You, you identify with knowledge, you identify with possessions, you identify with anything, achievements, or you identify negatively with things. You failed so badly, and this image of being such a failure is in your mind. And perhaps your parents were so stupid that they called you stupid which happens to children. Any parents who call their ch young children stupid are obviously very stupid, to use a generic term. Unconscious might be more charitable. And of course, that can get stuck in a person's mind and becomes an image of who they are, of part of the mind-made sense of self. Very hard to get rid of it. There are many people who carry their mother's or father's voice, although they might have passed away a long time ago. The mother and father lives in your mind and still talks. Not good enough. I'm doing my best. No, not good enough. You have a dialogue in your mind. It's all thought. It all becomes part of your sense of self. 
Many people don't have a very happy sense of self, but the unhappy sense of self is equally egoic. Where do you derive it? That is so important because that determines everything. Your sense of who you are determines how you relate to the world, how you relate to other human beings, how you perceive things. That's all to do with your sense of identity. Identity after shelter and enough to eat, what the most important thing that humans look for is an identity. Even already children, they need an identity. Youngsters, if they can't have anything, if they're not, have no recognized role in this world, then they go to gangs. They become, in a desperate search for identity, they become a gang member. And then that, that, that helps for a while until somebody shoots them and that's that. And they kill people for their identity. And that's not uncommon, that happens. One could talk about this for a long time, but this is the historical self, that is the, the mind-made self, that is the foundation for people's sense of who they are. The victim is a big one for many people. Of course, people did bad things to you, yes, probably, and sometimes very bad things, either to you or to your ancestors or to your family or your religious group or your political whatever. And of course you have to, yes, this undoubtedly, yes, terrible. The question is, do you begin to derive the, your sense of who you are mainly from, your, from being a victim of certain other people or groups? Very seductive and dangerous because it, you get trapped in a fictitious sense of self that even prevents you from taking positive action. But because what action can you take? Your life is effed up because of what these people did to you or to us. No point in doing anything now, but you can complain, and with every complaint, your sense of identity grows. <laughs> so you don't want to be trapped there on that level. Now, as the deep eye, you become aware of the deep eye, you become aware of awareness, increasingly, your sense of who you are is derived from there. And then your secondary identity is your historical identity and whatever it is in your mind, the story of your life, of course you remember it. And yes, you still have a sense of who you are in this world relative to others, but it's no longer the basis, it's no longer the foundation for who you are. The need to add more things to enhance your sense of self goes away because that is no longer the foundation for your sense of self. The defensiveness goes away because you begin to realize that whatever you're defending is ultimately an illusion, an illusory self. And the more you defend the illusory self, the more you are trapped in the illusory self. Even in a simple thing like a discussion, your point of view, somebody questions it. Somebody disagrees with it. Somebody says, no, you're completely wrong. What do you mean? And then you notice an enormous influx of emotion, a threat. You're being threatened. Your life is being threatened. It's the unconscious belief because your very sense of identity is being threatened. When you're completely identified with mind and mental positions, that becomes who, this is who you are, or think you are. Somebody questions it. They question your very 
life, your very sense of self, and you become, of course, very defensive, and very quickly the emotion comes and you get involved in a heated argument. And you know it is more unconscious than somebody involved in a heated argument. There are people who, whenever they hear they're with somebody who expresses a very different opinion or opposite opinion from the one they hold, they go into emotional meltdown. It happens on the internet a lot. <laughs> Somebody has a different opinion from... <clears throat> the internet is a wonderful thing that where the false sense of self can continuously be enhanced and strengthened. You know, all you have to do is sit on your, behind your keyboard and... <clears throat> <laughs> so wonderful advance you don't even have to go out anymore <laughs> you can strengthen your ego in your room <laughs> or your mother's basement I'm Oprah Winfrey and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... <laughs> the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.